0: Lucky a local fisherman lost his outboard engine and dragged the bottom to find it, or the locomotive might have been down there another half-century. Yes, it was a stroke of luck, the tall, silver-haired man said slowly. Kaufman stepped over and ran a hand over one of the big drive wheels. A sentimental expression crossed his face. My daddy was an engineer with the Union Pacific, he said quietly. He always said the Pacific-type locomotive was the finest he ever drove. He used to let me sit in the cab when he brought a train into the yard. The Pacific-class was used mostly to haul passenger cars because it was so fast. A team of divers, wearing suits of canvas sandwiched between layers of rubber, stood on a platform as it was raised from beneath the surface of the cold water. They wore the Mark V brass hard hat, large weight belts around their chests, and diving boots with canvas tops, brass toes, and lead soles that weighed 36 pounds. Altogether, the divers wore 150 pounds of equipment. They tugged at their umbilical cords, leading to the surface-supplied diving air pump, as the platform was raised and swung down to the deck. They were no sooner aboard than another team climbed down ladders and stood on the platform as it descended into the waters of the lake, still icy from the long Montana winter. The tall man watched silently, looking out of place among the barge's crew in their grease-stained work clothes and overalls. He wore neatly pressed brown slacks with an expensive cashmere knit sweater under a cashmere jacket. "'His shoes were highly polished and had amazingly kept their shine on the oil-soaked deck amid the rusting cables. "'He eyed the heavy layers of silt on the steps leading to the cab and turned to Kaufman. "'Let's get a ladder over here so we can climb into the cab.' "'Kaufman gave an order to a nearby barge crewman and a ladder soon appeared "'and was propped against the lip of the cab's floor behind the engineer's seat.' The superintendent went up first, followed by the elderly observer. Water dripped in sheets from the roof while dissolved coal merged with the silt flowing through the open door of the firebox onto the metal floor. At first it looked like the cab was empty. The maze of valves, pipes, and levers mounted over the boiler was coated with layers of ooze and the tentacles of green weed growing from it. The muck on the floor of the cab was ankle-deep, but the tall, quiet observer did not seem to notice it coming over the tops of his shoes. He knelt down and studied three humps that rose from the ooze like small hills. The engineer and fireman, he announced. You sure? He nodded. I'm sure. The engineer was Lee Hunt. He had a wife and two children, both grown now to middle age. The fireman was Robert Carr. He was going to be married after the run. Who was the third man? Name was Abner Weed, a tough customer. He forced Hunt and Carr to operate the engine with a gun in their backs. They don't look. "'Pretty,' Kaufman muttered, repelled by what he saw. "'I'm surprised they didn't turn into skeletons. "'There would be nothing left of them if they died in salt water, "'but the cold, fresh water of Flathead Lake preserved them. "'What you see is the adipose tissue in which fat is stored. "'It breaks down over time when immersed, "'giving the body a waxy, soapy look called saponification.' We'll have to call the sheriff and get a coroner out here. "'Will that delay the operation?' asked the stranger. Kaufman shook his head. "'No, it shouldn't slow things down any. As soon as the team of relief divers attach the lift cables, we'll bring up the coal tender. "'It's important that I see what's in the attached car.' "'You will?' Kaufman looked at the man.' trying in vain to read his thoughts. Better we tackle the tender first to simplify matters. If we concentrate on the car before it has been uncoupled from the tender,